This podcast contains explicit material. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this mini text episode of The Joy of Text. I'm Sarah Rosner Lawrence, and I'm here as usual with Dr. Bacheva Marcus, Clinical Director of Maze Women's Health. Hi, I love these mini texts. I feel like I learned so much. And I'm also here with Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Hashiva and President of Yeshiva Chobbe Torah. Hi, I love doing these mini text episodes. <laughs> Okay, so what text do you have for us today, Rabbi Linzer? Well, a few episodes ago, we did a mini text episode from the Zohar on kissing. I love that episode. Yes, I know Batsheva totally loved that. Um, And it's really great because the Zohar, because as I've mentioned before, uh, has sex as such a central part of its understanding of God um, and of the life of the Kabbalist uh, in terms of affecting the different aspects of God, we actually have more discussions about sex in the Zohar than in many other rabbinic sources. Um, so this is another text from the Zohar. The exact source is uh, volume one, page uh, 49, A to B, and it's on the verse in Breshit from Vayivyeh El Hadam, that God created Eve, the woman, and brought her to man. So here it is. I'll just read a few words in the Aramaic, and then I'll switch over to the English. The English is from the translation of Daniel Matt. So, Mehacha ulifna, from here we learn, that the mother and the father of the bride are required to bring the bride into the domain of the broom. So, so far that's sort of what we know. The parents give the girl over, give the give the, their daughter over to the groom. Now I'm going to switch just to the English. As it is said, I have given my daughter to this man. From this point on, her husband comes to her, for the house is hers. As it is written, he came into her. So that is actually a verse about intercourse, via vo eleha, but it's being read here as he comes into her domain. It's her home. He came into Rachel also. Again, a verse about intercourse. First, he brought her to the man. God brought Eve to the man. For up to this point, the father and mother should act by giving their daughter over. Afterward, he should come to her. For the entire house is hers, and he must obtain her permission. So is this talking about sex? Is this talking about, you know, the home is the woman's domain? Uh, a little bit of both, it sounds consent, like. possibly? What? Or consent? Consent. Ah, so we're going to get there. Okay. Okay. We have aroused our awareness. Interesting word, aroused, but okay. We have aroused our awareness of this. And it is written, this is now by Yaakov. He approached the place and stayed there for the night, first obtaining permission. Uh-huh. From here we learn that one who joins his wife should entreat her and sweeten her with words, or otherwise not spend the night with her, so that their desire be as one, with no coercion. I'll just skip a paragraph, and now we're going to continue with Yaakov for a minute before we circle back to Adam and Eve. He took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head. Here we learn that if a king has golden beds and precious spreads in which to spend the night, and his consort, his wife, prepares him a bed arranged with stones, right, because that was the bed of Jacob, the stones, he should leave his own and sleep in the one she prepares. And as it is written, he lay down in that place. Now back to Adam. Come and see what is written here. The man said, this one at last, you know, shall be called woman. Behold the fragrance of words to draw love with her, draw her toward his desire, arouse passion together, like he's praising her, and this is... You know, look how beautiful those words are to get her in the mood. See how sweet, how full of love. Bone of my bones, flesh of flesh, showing her they are one, inseparable. Now he begins praising her. This one shall be called woman. This one is unparalleled, glory of the house. 
all women compared to her are like apes compared to humans. Certainly <laughs> this, because this is the only real woman, this one shall be called woman, perfection of all, this one and no others. As it is written, many daughters have done virtuously, but you surpass them all. So I'm going to pause here. The last paragraph, if we get a chance, goes on to a different point. But uh, there's a lot to be said about this. Uh, I'll open the floor. <laughs> I don't like this. Oh, deep sigh. I thought yeah. you would like you it. You thought so? Yeah. I don't know. It feels, I'm, I'm trying to separate out my like 21st century sensibility here about like over flowery, doesn't sound real. Um, I don't know. How are you feeling about this, Sarah? I don't know. I mean, like I'm I'm kind of I'm struggling to like get to the to the like punchline point uh. of this text. <laughs> like so far it feels a little bit like flowery to me, kind of similar to, to Bachova's impression. But what I'm understanding from this, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that basically there is a dynamic where the the woman's parents bring her to the man's domain initially, but then after that, it's sort of the man's responsibility to kind of appease her and treat sex with her and being with her as her domain. Right. And something that he sort of has to approach her. Correct. To get She's the one in charge. You don't feel like it, it feels like he's sort of conning her into it. Like that's, that's sort of where I'm getting my back up well, a little bit. Well, I think in a society in which men could easily coerce their wives, rape, right, or use pressure to have them to agree to sex, even though they really weren't into it, right. you know, a lighter form of rape or of coercion, you know, but, but here it's like completely reversing that and saying the woman is in charge. It's her home. You know, I think it's sort of doing like the, right. out, you know, she's the balas bias, you know, she's the one in charge of, she's the one in charge of the domestic sphere. And also the merging of that with to come into her, you know, if you want to have sex with her, she's the one in charge of her body and like you need her permission and if she wants to sleep on the floor you sleep on the floor you know right right so first of all that piece the one where you know if you have a golden bed and then it gets moved you know she wants to sleep on stones you go for, so that actually is quite lovely i'm not having the same reaction that oh my god this is all talking about her um making her happy and I'm trying to figure out Is it why. the last section where he's giving this flowery praise? You're the like most the wonderful ape. woman. No, no other woman is anything like you. I mean, it's saying, look, those words might not work for you. Right, right. But, no, I, but no, isn't I, it I, saying <laughs> that, like, isn't there a power? Look, I think I know that there are a lot of women who during before during sex you know want to feel desired want to feel oh, flattered for sure for right? sure there's nothing that turns oh a woman on as much right as feeling like she is desired and right. you hear that again and again you're the most beautiful woman ever you know this so maybe it's the way it's being expressed that is possible that i'm that that i'm reacting to that um yeah um yeah yeah, it's so it's it's kind of interesting because I I feel like what I'm reacting to negatively is not exactly the same thing, but is like this this like egalitarian sensibility that comes from my like 21st century brain of like, well, why should it be his job to only mm. you know approach her and why like right, that's why is this me like too, just but- this like one directional. Right, we you haven't know, totally well, no, upended energy. the paper. No, no, right. but that's bothering me too. But I think that sort of becomes like, well, the option to that is not both of them in treating the other. The option to that is him forcing her, right? Right, Which right. Is, right. We're not going to completely change the patriarchy yeah. and say that she takes the initiative. We're still going to allow for that, but it's still she's in charge. 
you know, you have to ask her permission. You have to get her in the mood. But you're right. It's speaking to the man. Right. Right. So it's it's kind of like it's like don't rape her. Get her permission and entreat her and flatter her and all of these things. Right. Whereas I wish it was like you approach her sometimes and she, <laughs> she approaches, approaches you, you sometimes. But I do want to say it's much more than don't rape her. It's so that right. the desire be as one. Right. You know, they're both equally into it. It's an equal merging of the souls. To me, I I, I don't know. Right. I no, see no. that as So that is point. really, a, I think that's a really important point because I think what's bothering me and you're reading it differently is that mm-hmm. it feels like, look, I want to have sex and so I want to get you to agree to have sex. And that feels different to me than I want to have sex. So I'm going to see if I can get you to a place where you want to have sex too. Mm. And that feels very different to me. Mm. And that is how you're reading it. Right. And you're probably right. The text itself has Okay, so maybe we should read the last paragraph. Perfect. Okay, good. You can tell me if this helps or hurts. Perfect. Here we go. Therefore, let a a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and they become one flesh, all to draw her into love, to cleave to her. Once he had aroused her with all these words, what is written? Now, the serpent was slyer than any creature of the field. The evil impulse, now this is a tricky text, aroused to seize her, binding her with bodily desire, arousing in her other things in which evil impulse delights, until eventually what is written, the woman saw the tree was good for eating and delight to the eye and took of its fruit and ate. Receiving it willingly, he gave, she gave to her husband beside her. For now, she aroused desirously toward him, offering passionate love, this shows human beings how the act corresponds above. So this is a tricky text because it has the serpent and evil desire, but the end of it sounds like the fact that she had these very physical lusts was actually a positive thing. So the next paragraph in the Zohar, which I did not do, actually says, wait a minute, if this below corresponds to above, how do you think that there's such a thing as the evil desire above? And it basically says there sort of is, like the divine has the right and the left side. And anyway, it's, you know, again, it gets into all of it. Let's use the word lust. Right. Lust is maybe a bad thing, but maybe it's a good thing. Exactly. I think that's exactly that. That is fascinating. Like, I love that. Right. I I think if you take out the word ra, because I do think that the Zohar is actually saying this is good, like you start praising, oh, you're wonderful. But what that does is it arouses lust and physical desire. And it ends by saying, right, offering passionate love. So I don't know. I think that there is something very powerful. About right. I think what 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 this makes me think about is how often in relationships people trade in over time lust for love mm. and how that's not helpful to people's sex lives. Like you mm. have to have both for mm-hmm. a sex life and a good happy you know, couple to remain happy, they have to have some kind of balance of love and lust. And so I do, this is really interesting. Like, I like this. Now I won you over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, it is, it is really interesting. Like, kind of, I I don't know if this is a totally out there thought, but like going off of your turning lust into love, but you still need some of that lust. It's, it's really interesting to me that, that the way that the text brings in that lust element is through this like forbidden mm-hmm. kind of force, you know, like, oh, the 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 forbidden fruit and the serpent and all of that. So like I'm I'm kind of wondering whether um there might be some element of keeping a little bit of that like distance in a relationship or a little bit of that like sense of the unknown mm. or a little yes. bit yes. of <laughs> yes. yeah like right. like that, that is... there is space in a relationship and in a sexual relationship mm. for a little bit more of that kind of danger uncertainty mm. element mm. that can really add positive the, lust the snake 
Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it goes back to the whole issue of like, you know, you don't have kids if there's no lust, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no gate to hara, right? Right, and, and right. So it's a fine line right. that we draw between all those things. Right. And this is kind of trying to do that, I think. And here it's the love sort of evokes the lust. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the mm-hmm. of the process here. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm glad I won you over. Yes. Right. It's, <laughs> this is a long text. It is a long yeah. text. This is a long text. The the kissing one was short and sweet. So. <laughs> <laughs> this was good all too. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. This episode of The Joy of Text was recorded by Mike Hurst, was produced and edited by Max Hollander, and is a project of the Lindenbaum Center at YCT. If you have questions or comments you'd like to share with us, you can do so anonymously at www.thejoyoftext.org. The Joy of Text is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any podcast app. If you like what you hear, show us your support by giving us a five-star rating and stay up to date with our latest episodes and live events by following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.